Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They are the only sunflower seed company that has taken the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. Do you like supporting your favorite athletes through NIL? Well, the Athletic Collection gives you an opportunity to do that. They have posters and merchandise of your favorite athletes from your favorite schools. Right here in my podcast room, I got LSU, Wake Forest, Tennessee, Arkansas, we got baseball, we got gymnastics, they got it all. So check out the Athletic Collection online today. Yo, what is up? And welcome back to another episode of the In Off The Bench Podcast. I am Daniel Ball and I'm joined as always by my co-host, my partner in crime, my brother from another mother, Jim Cross. And Jim, tonight's episode 31 titled Firm Foundation because we're talking LSU baseball with their star, Ethan Fry. But before Ethan joins us, man, we have to pay the bills around this place. The In Off The Bench Podcast Network is brought to you by Chinook Cedary. Whether you're on the field or in the boardroom signing deals, Chinook will help you get the job done. Memphis City Designs, get your gear, brands, and logos on everything from shoes to underoos. Memphis City's got you covered. You can also get your In Off The Bench Podcast gear while supplies last. Smith's Plumbing Services, sink clog, drain clog, toilet clog, or anything in between, call Dustin at Smith's Plumbing Services and tell him in off the bench sent you. And finally, where we are going live, Old Dominic Distillery. Experience 150 years of tradition in the heart of downtown Memphis, from bourbon to vodka and whiskey to gin. Old Dominic's has you covered. You can go in right now and talk to Jim, have some drinks, and maybe get on the podcast. Or during your own time, go in, take the tour, get your favorite bottle, and tell them in off the bench sent you. Jim, we paid the bills, man. What we got to do now is talk LSU baseball, and I know that's your favorite thing to talk about. So. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, our man, LSU baseball star, Ethan Fry. Welcome in, everybody. It is Monday night. It's a little louder than normal. That's because I am live from Old Dominic Distillery, one of our sponsors. Daniel, one of the best bourbon distilleries in the country, 305 South Front Street in Memphis, Tennessee. You've tried it, man. What do you think? I mean, it's 150 years of just excellence. I mean, when you put that much work and time and effort and into a product, you are what I would call a master of the product. And that's, you know, exactly what they put out, you know, from bourbon to vodka, whiskey to to gin, you know, 150 years of distilling, you know, spirits um, all across the globe. But, 
you know, the hometowns in Memphis. So it's nice to rep those guys and have a chance, you know, in your backyard to go and experience and do live and, you know, have them as a sponsor. Yeah. And when you use the word excellence, um, you know, who better to go live with than an LSU baseball player? Because um, they represent excellence. I mean, seven national championships and we got our man, Ethan Fry on, man. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are y'all? Man, dude, always blessed. Me and Daniel talk about it. We love talking baseball, but when we get a guy like you, blue-collar guy, you know, representing where you're from, national champion, it's it just hits on another level. But we're excited to get your story. You know, like you said, we're live. It's a little bit different. But let's break the ice before we get into it. I actually want to talk about something that's not LSU for a second. I was at Globe Life Field this weekend to watch Hagen Smith 17 strikeouts in six innings. When a guy's in that kind of groove, man, you're a catcher. You you see this. Man, what is it like when you're behind the plate and your pitcher is in it like that? Uh, I mean, it's just like one of those moments you just let go, you know, like you, if he's got something he likes to talk about and let it go, you know, but like I feel like that's just something you got to let him stay in his groove and kind of just keep him rocking the way he is. You know, what is your thought process? I'm not trying to get you to, like, talk negatively, but do you feel like, just just from your perspective, um, DBH, man, 17 strikeouts, he tied the record. Should he let him go another batter, especially at 78 pitches, go ahead and let him set a new record? Um, I mean, I, I feel like it's so early in the season, you know, like if I feel like I feel like they made the right choice right there. He's going to have plenty of time throughout this next season to try to, set the record if he wants to, but I feel like it was kind of the right call. You know, he might have been on a pitch count, already passed it. And um, this early in the season, health's all really that matters. You know, some of these games are kind of just getting the reps in and getting used to playing together as a team. And I feel like feel like that probably was the right choice. You know, just like that, you became Daniel's boy. You gave the right, educated answer. I hated that answer. Let him get the record. <laughs> I'm about setting records through all that, but – you know, you're right. At the end, it's about winning a national championship. It's not about holding a strikeout record. But I'm going to tell you, Ethan, man, I cover a lot of college baseball. I did the math just to tell people. You know, I was there last year when Skeens, um, you know, and Louder went head-to-head. Um, obviously, Ty Floyd shoved. Dude, this is as dominant as – I've been to 184 college baseball games over the last four years. This is as good as it gets, man. I mean, he made it look easy, bro. Like, yeah. I mean, and you're talking about an Oregon State lineup. It's, top, it's a top-ten team. Um, but, you know, taking it to another thing, you know, we're playing college baseball survivor. I don't know how much you paid attention. I would have loved to have had you and multiple other guests in this thing. You, We drafted with active guests, so you weren't able to be in it. But I don't know how much you paid attention. But when you look at we got guys like Tommy White, uh, you know, Luke Holman, LSU studs on there. But then you got guys like Nick Hurts, Drew Beam, Charlie Condon, Ethan Petrie. You know, if you were going to pick somebody to win this thing, are you going with the homer pick? Are you picking a teammate? Or are you going to go with one of those other guys around the SEC or even maybe a Nick Kurtz or a Chase Burns from the ACC? I mean, I've got to go with my teammates. You know, I've, I've spent so much time with those guys, a lot of blood and tears and just heart put onto a field or in the cages with those guys. It's like I see what they put in, so I've, I've got to rock with my guys. So are you going – are you going – this is, this is you know, putting it pretty easy. I'm not putting you to it. You going pitcher or hitter? You are a hitter. But do you think one of the pitchers get it done or you think a hitter gets it done? I got to go hitter. All right, so that means he's saying, Daniel, we're hearing it right here. Pearson or Tommy White is taking this bad boy, which is, which is one of my guys and not one of your guys. Just to be clear, Tommy White 
is on the Chinook Cedary tribe. So y'all heard it here first from Ethan. We're taking it home. But moving on, because Daniel's getting salty right now. There's no <laughs> music in here, which makes me want to think. If you were in here right now putting on music, what is the number one thing, number one music or musician that you're vibing with right now? Who would you put on? Oh, I've been on some some co-wetzel recently. You know, I just I like the way he goes about his business and uh, like in the music space. And I feel like I've got a lot of his songs that I've been listening to recently. Daniel, we've had a lot of guests. I don't know that I've ever heard someone talk about the way somebody goes about their business. This tells me everything about Ethan. I said he was a blue collar guy. He's even talking about the way musicians go about their business. It hits I mean, on a different level. Yeah. So last question, then I'll let Daniel get into your story. You know, talking about what you might do right now. If you were going to turn on the TV to watch an athlete right now, could be any sport, professional level, who's the must-watch athlete right now? Uh, Probably for me, it'd probably be Otani. I feel like it's really special what he's doing. You know, he's been up to triple digits pitching-wise. I mean, he hit – I don't even remember how many homers last year. And then, like, with him having Tommy John, to see how he bounces back from that. I actually have a, one of the spring training games on right now, so it's, it's actually funny you brought that up. But uh, mine would probably be Otani. Otani, that's that's a pretty good one. Um, how do you think he's gonna come back? I mean, obviously he's uh, amazing talent, generational talent, but he's you know coming across an injury that you know one is gonna affect one half of what he can really do well. Um, obviously, I think he's gonna start swinging the bat here soon. And I think you know he he's gonna be all right, but. Um, what do you expect from him? Um, I mean, I kind of expect the same thing he's kind of been. You know, it might start off rough a little bit in the beginning just because he is coming back from the injury. But, I mean, these guys are pro athletes. Like, they've, they've got the best in the business. And I feel like I feel like a lot of that's going to help him come back to the success that he's had. And he's going to be right back to where he was and he's going to be dominating. So when he's moving from American League to National League now and he's with the Dodgers, obviously he's, you know, in the same area, but he's – a different team does playing on a different team or you know does that add any extra pressure to him to try to you know one you know earn his contract that they're giving him because they're giving him a shit ton of money but yeah. also like you know hey you're coming here with the expectation that like we we've missed it a few years we've gotten one but we should have had more but we're bringing you in to get more um i don't Personally, I don't think that adds pressure to him. Um, I've seen a video of um, someone talking about his routine and how it's the same every day, you know, like the same amount of steps to get into the box, same same amount of balls hit off the tee every day. And I feel like just like that routine he has, I feel like that allows him to stay in himself and instead of trying to speed up or trying to go something different to try to impress some of the guys on the team. So, I mean, I, I feel like that's not going to add any pressure to him, but I mean, He's a great athlete, so I'm sure he's got a lot of belief in himself, and I, th I think he's going to be fine. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, obviously, I think you know, it's – I haven't met anybody who doesn't like him, so I think everyone's rooting for him um, just to see what he really can do. Um, but – The kind of fun and energy he has, you know, like you – how can you not like him? Yeah. I, I just think if if you don't like him, it's it's for a couple of reasons. One, you're just a hater of a certain team, yeah. um, or two, the the ability of big markets to be able to poach 
talent like that. I think your hatred doesn't come for him directly and what he can do. It's just the circumstances that surround him. Um, but you know, either way, he's he's amazing. And regardless of what people think, he's he's gonna be one of the best in baseball for a really long time. So, yeah. um, but talking baseball. Ethan, we got to get to you, man. You know, let's start off, you know, let's go back in the day. You know, tell me about where you're from, where you grew up. Um, so I was originally born in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Uh, it's kind of around the area where my parents met. My mom's from Chicago. My dad's from Minnesota. So uh, I was born in Illinois. I only lived there for probably less than a year. And then I moved to Kansas, had been there since until I was about five-ish. And then I moved to Fort Polk, Louisiana, and I've been there for about 15 years. So it's 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 been a little bit of a little bit of traveling, but it, I think my sister had it a lot worse. So I'm pretty grateful for that. So a lot of bouncing around. Um, what was the purpose, or what, what was the reason for all the bouncing around? Um, my dad was in the military. Uh, he served 23 years, five with the um, Marines, and then 19 with the uh, Army. So it's been a lot of, you know, Army-based lifestyle, military child type thing. Has been a huge role in who I am and how my dad kind of raised me. Unbelievable. That is, that's, that's a long time. Daniel, yeah. I've seen, I've seen a lot of, a lot of men get recognized at LSU baseball for their accomplishments. This accolade list, Daniel was so intimidating. It makes me not even want to do it this year. I message Ethan. I don't even want to do it, man. Like this, this, when you talk about laying down your life for somebody, this guy has done it 10 times over. Yeah, I, so it's amazing. It is it is a definitely a, a storied career that he's had. Um, but the way that I look at it is if you decide to make that type of sacrifice, you're one, more of a man than I will ever be. But also, two, it's not about, you know, the accolades. And I think your dad probably might probably may resonate with this as well, Ethan, is that you don't go into it doing it for all the different clout or awards or whatever it is that you yeah. get. You do it because there's a true love for your country and you want to help. You want to do something. Um, and two, he's a total badass. So anybody that gets in the service in my eyes is a total badass. Way, way better of a man than I, I am. Um, but thinking about, you know, having a military career and him, you know, having to move all over the place. It's really hard. And you mentioned it on your sister. How old is your sister? She is 29. She actually just turned 29. So older sister and her and you bouncing around, it seems like you found found a way to be more adaptable. What was it about her that you, you think she had it harder? Um, uh, she had moved around more than I have. Uh, they, they spent some time in Texas, too. Uh, along with some of the time we spent up north when I was first born and then living in Kansas as well. I think they, I mean, she went to four or five different schools across from kindergarten to by the time she graduated high school. So, I mean, that's, that's like, it's a lot of new friends you've got to meet, a lot of like new things you've got to learn about an area, you know, just kind of feeling a little bit left out because you don't really know anybody, you've been moving around so much. But, I mean, she she's the best sister I could ever ask for. She's, she's unreal. So... We got mom. So dad's not the only hero. Mom is a, a, a teacher, English teacher. She's still doing it? Yes, sir, she is. I mean, that is amazing. 
tip my hat to anybody in the education field. So, so the two heroes in my, in my book are, you know, people who uh, are in service and those who teach and in education, your parents are, are doing it both. So yeah. um, when I think about like her being a teacher, was she ever your teacher or did you ever go to the same school that she worked at? Um, she's never been my teacher. I'll start off by saying that, but, um, she originally started working on Fort Polk on one of the elementary schools there. And I had always attended Rose Pine, which is a public school. Um, but around my freshman year, she had moved to Rose Pine to try to, you know, be closer with me, make all the games and stuff. But, uh, I, I never had the chance for her to teach me. So is it, is it harder being a student at a school that your mom works at or is it just as difficult if she's not working there um i think i think there's pros and cons to all of it you know like a lot of the pros was like i got to see my mom every day uh you know in between classes i'd go say what's up you know like grab a water from her her classroom or even just talk to her about how her day's going how my day's going but then i feel like the teachers hold a little bit higher of an expectations out of you being a teacher's kid you know being inside the school at all times and kind of have an inside part to the, the book, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously it, it, it paid off, you know, cause we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the whole, just the whole dynamic of you and, and your evolution. But um, we have a lot of kids that listen to this show and we do have military families, you know, Jim has a, a network of, of people and they have kids and they're in the military and they bounce around. So, um, what is some advice that you would give, you know, younger athletes who are having to go through the same, you know, maybe not struggles, but, you know, going through moving from place to place and not really finding themselves. And then, you know, as soon as they start getting comfortable now, you know, they got to pack up and move. What is some advice that you would give young athletes that are going through that? Um, the thing that was big for me is just like, remember why you play the game, you know, like you love the game. You've been playing it since you were like a young child. And you spend a lot of time working on it. And that's like one thing that kept me going, like through all the struggles. And it still keeps me going is, you know, like I started playing this game because I love it. Like I still play this game because I love it. You know, it's it's not easy practicing all day, all week, and then just continue to do it all year long and then going to summer ball. You know, like you've got to have a drive for it. So like just remember why you play it and when you're not doing good or when you're struggling or, you know, things aren't going your way, like it's, it's there's tomorrow, like there's another day coming. Absolutely. You, you almost have to have like in baseball, especially you have to have a, a short memory. Like you can't like hold on to things because it is a game of failure. And, you know, as a hitter, you know, like you might have a 0 for 4 day. You might hit, you might have terrible at bats. Then the next day you might have a 5 for 5 day where you don't hit the ball well. It just finds holes. And then the next day you might go 0 for 4 again, but you hit the ball on the screws every time, but it's just to somebody. So it's it's a game where you got to, you got to forget quickly. Um, but, you know, getting into baseball, do you think baseball was something that was an outlet for you that allowed you to kind of not focus so much on the transition from new place to new place, but just something that you knew, well, no matter where I go, there's going to be baseball. Um, Yeah. I wouldn't even really just say baseball, to be honest. I'd say sports in general, you know, like I, Growing up, I played <laughs> – I hate saying this, but I played a little – like a year or two of soccer when I first moved to Louisiana. But uh, baseball whoa, 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 and football – Whoa, 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 You hate to say you – now, hold on. Backtrack, backtrack. I, first of all, I played soccer. My daughter played soccer. I coached soccer. What are you trying to say here? You 
it, it's just not my thing. Like that's just okay, not something not I. Be your thing. Don't make it sound like it's a terrible. Thing. <laughs> Daniel already doesn't like soccer. Don't give him ammunition. It's just it's not my pride and joy. What if I told you my daughter's fixing to play soccer at LSU? I even told you you got to be the head of security for her, and this is how you oh. go next. Uh, it's a lot next of pressure. year. You have an exclusive NIL deal that's going to be labeled security. You're guarding my daughter next year. Remember that. <laughs> Sounds like my boy Ethan ain't going to many soccer games, Jim. <laughs> I don't care who's in soccer. He needs to be on fraternity row with uh, whatever it is he needs to protect it, okay? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I've not been in fraternity row once. And I don't well, you are now because it's in your NIL contract. No. Yeah, I, I think uh... – I think Coach Johnson will have a little a little bit more pull when it comes yeah. to what, what he's going to do and not do on campus. That's but. fine. Speaking of Johnson, Cameron Johnson said he'd do it. So if Ethan doesn't want that money, okay, next person up. Ethan's out there trying to win national championships. Well, Cameron ain't not trying to win national championships, okay? Sounds like he, he might be. <laughs> out there listening to you, got the man on fraternity row every night. Yeah, I'm just trying uh, to make sure my daughter stays out of trouble, okay? Ethan, I think you need Ethan, to have a conversation with your daughter. Well, no, she's never even been. That's what scares me the most. So she's going to LSU, Ethan. She's going to be mad that I'm talking about her again, but I do it on like four out of every five. Hours. She's not a partier. I'm scared that she's going to go to an LSU party and never turn back. To be fair, I was not a partier, and I'm still not. So I think, I think you should probably be fine. There you go. See? That's wisdom for you. You can pillow your head better tonight, Jim, knowing <laughs> just Just remember that. All right, so you played all kinds of sports, but obviously we, we got to talk baseball in, in, in specific. Um, but when did you start playing baseball? Was it a young age or were you a late bloomer? When did you pick up the ball and the mitt and the bat? Uh, it's, it's pretty much as soon as I moved to Louisiana. I started playing when I was five. Was there any, like, pressure to play anything? No. It was, it was just like, yeah, no. just do um, whatever, man. Just yeah, it was, kid it was and, and more of a, It was more of a thing, just have fun with it. Um, when I was when I was younger and I still lived in Kansas, our, our uh, kitchen was shaped like a U, and me and my dad used to play hockey in it. So, so I've been – sports have been in my blood since I was probably walking out the womb. So it's – with my parents, it's more of a just, you know, like have fun – type of deal than pressure or anything gotcha so i mean growing up moving you know from place to place you get into baseball you get into sports but in the back of you know my head is like all right who who is the influence that's pushing you to do these things obviously you got to have some type of influence and it may be mom it may be dad but who was your biggest influence growing up uh easily my dad uh I mean, I still I still give him thanks for this all day, every day, even, you know, I'm about to turn 20. But like I still thank him for forcing me to go hit off a tee when I was a little kid in the front yard or, you know, throwing with him every day or even going up to the little league fields and hitting and taking ground balls and just kind of in, installing that like love for the game while working hard into me at such a young age. I think. You know what's what's crazy and the one thing this is just a silly thing to think about but with your dad like or most people with their dad as they get older there's no fear of their dad but with your dad I think you will always fear him I I just yeah well, I've, well funny I've, you bring that up Daniel because he talks about being Tony right and we talk about how Tommy White's 20 looks like he's 35 right 
Ethan's another guy that falls in that category, Daniel. Ethan looks like a grown man. Size, stature, age, everything. Like, you know, if you told me Ethan was 20 and I didn't know anything about him, I'd tell you you're a liar, Daniel. Dang. I mean, he he looks like he like a ain't gonna you you don't look you, I don't want to wrestle with him. You look damn near 30, Ethan. I don't want to wrestle with him, Daniel. No, not at all. I mean, his dad's probably told him some moves that you know, two finger takedowns and stuff. <laughs> me, me and him used to wrestle all the time when I was a little kid in the living room. So it's, See, I have plenty, and, I have plenty of scars to prove it as well. And Ethan knows a thing or two because he, he he probably he was like, "Give me your best shot, Dad," and his dad probably didn't hold back ever. No. And so he he's got those 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 strategies in the back of his mind. So two dudes I'm not messing with. That's Ethan or his dad. Um, obviously, you know, moving around, you, you talk about high school, what high school did you go to? Rose Pine high school, Rose Pine. That's where, that's when mom came, came over and she wanted to make sure you were on the straight and narrow and doing, yeah. doing the studies, got the books out, doing what you're supposed to do. Um, you know, while you're in high school, man, you're ranked the number one catcher and the number two overall player in the state of Louisiana by perfect game. You were ranked the number 12th catcher in the nation by perfect game. You hit 487 as a senior, 13 homers, 39 hits, 37 walks, and only 12 strikeouts. You posted a 487 on base percentage and a 118 slugging percentage. Now, you did all that on the baseball field, but you also played quarterback on the high school football team. We clearly know what you're better at, but what of the two did you enjoy most? Playing baseball or those Friday nights under the lights? Man, this is a tough question, but Friday nights for sure. I'm it's, I'm I'm just I'm the type of guy, you know, like those like those are my like those are my brothers. You know, you spend all summer in the heat, all week, all week before the games, and it's like Friday night lights kick on, the lights kick on, the entire town's out there, and the minute that whistle blows, it's straight pure contact you know and that's you know I still I catch myself missing a lot but football was probably something I enjoyed a little more rather than just trying to be better at it yeah one of our previous episodes I can't remember who we were talking to but the way that I described it is the emotion that you feel on a Friday night playing football is just it's you could take any big moment on the baseball field and not that it's like different in what it means, but the feeling is different. Like yeah. a Friday night just feels different than a big start or a big at bat or a big game or whatever it is in baseball. Both mm -hmm. are, are up there together and equal as far as importance, but they just feel different. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, but one thing that I've noticed, and I don't know if you notice this, but guys who play multi-sports, multi especially guys that are football players, and, and you talked about, you know, the brotherhood and, and the, the going through the heat and the summer workouts and just, you know, the, the grind of being a football guy. Um, what I've noticed is that baseball players who have experienced that at, you know, once they play college baseball, the guys on your team that have never played football, it's abundantly clear. And I'm sure you probably noticed, like, there's a little weakness 
to their game and not not that it's a flaw or anything but they just don't have that extra like Daniel, just hard I'll to explain. Be clear. all the guys who played both when i'm i started thinking of the list right off the top of my head they've all been ballers most of them have went pro that have came on this show they have a mentality about them that's different they got that hard nose mentality i think of the first guy who really talked about it with Landon Sims, but those guys have a different mentality when they hit the baseball field because they have a football mentality. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think more so, too, is when – what are you doing when nobody's watching? Mm-hmm. And yeah. even when somebody's watching and let's say everyone's lined up and you guys are running or working out, like what level of intensity are you putting into that? And you'll see a difference. Um but obviously, there was no difference with you. You're you're going at it as as hard as you can. You become an elite talent. Um, so the next progression for you, obviously, is you're you're well touted. You're, you're highly acclaimed player. You're very elite player in the high school level. So the next progression, obviously, is college. So at what point do you started getting contacted by schools um, to come play with them? Um, so it was uh freshman summer down over there in Georgia at the PBR fields an hour, whatever they really are. Um, I remember there was one game, you know, like I probably went one for three. I think I threw a kid out and hit like a foul home run or something. And, uh, the owner of my organization, Tim Louisiana, he, uh, actually contacted me and said, Hey, like there's a couple of colleges that want to talk to, you, you know, like maybe get you out to a camp. So I was like, you know, like no, no big deal. You know, like it's middle of summer. I'm a freshman. I've still got plenty of time. And then um, at the time, Coach Maneri had, you know, was the coach, and uh, he said, hey, Maneri wants you to come out to a camp. So I was like, perfect, I'll be there next week, you know. Been an in-state kid, I was like, this is huge. Like, I've been, you know, driving to go here. Um, and, you know, I went to the camp, had a great time there, kind of talked with them a little bit. And I think the first week of my sophomore year of high school, I committed to them. Just because, I mean, in-state kid, I knew, like I knew they're blue collar. They've they represent a lot of excellence, and that's that's something I want to keep going. I don't want to just I didn't didn't want to just stop that in high school. So, it seems like you know, obviously, when you commit somewhere as a sophomore, and and I know like rules have changed, but like you know, as recently as as three or four years ago, like you had guys like even like eighth graders committing to schools, your verbal or whatever it is. But as a sophomore, you know, like, well, I still got two more years of development left. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to commit to this school now, but like, was there ever any fear where like I might change my mind and that would be perfectly normal. Yeah. Um, Periodically, there might have been, you know, for a couple of days where I was like, like, am I sure I want to go here? Um, but it, it wasn't something that I took in a serious thought. I will say that, uh, you know, deep down in my heart, I was I was completely 100 percent committed to trying to go into LSU. Um, and even during the coaching change, I was still committed to staying in state uh, representing Louisiana. And that was that was like one thing that I found myself thinking about. I was like a lot of the guys, they would commit somebody in eighth grade, you know, ninth grade. And then by the time senior year comes, they've already committed and decommitted from four other schools. And I feel like that just shows how you are as a character. You know, you can't stay committed to something. Um, you're quick to jump the gun. And I feel like that's just not something that I wanted to represent. So outside of being a Louisiana kid and it being in the backyard, like what else was it? Was it just 
baseball or was it just the ability to be able to go home quickly? What was, was there any one thing other than, you know, that's just where I wanted to go? Winning. I mean, they are elite at winning. I mean, they have seven national championships. Like, I think our theme last year and this year is the powerhouse. Like, that's without a doubt. Like, there's not another college program that has the history of winning like LSU does. I've I've asked that question numerous ways to probably 300-plus athletes, and you basically gave the best answer anyone has ever said, and it's probably the most truthful answer is, you know, outside of the school that you chose, why did you go there? And you simply said winning. And to be honest, like I think if you broke it down to everyone, I think that's what it's about. When you go to a school, like you go there because – you have the ability to play and win. Well, and that's why I titled the episode Firm Foundation, Daniel. We talked about his dad. We talked about his mom. The, the kid's head on his shoulders is just built different. He, he was raised in a certain way that he knows what he wants in life. He knows how to get it. And he goes to LSU simply to win. And freshman year, you know, we're fixing to get into it. But, what you know, he got exactly what he went there for. So let's get into it, Ethan. Man, you know you go to LSU. <laughs> we got the we got the manager. Right we got the manager. Want to shout out? This is definitely a first. But anyways, um, uh, you know when you get there, let me ask you a question: Are you more nervous or more scared? I wouldn't say I was scared at all. I would say I was more nervous. Um. You know, I graduated the class of 72 at Rose Pond, and then all of a sudden it's like I'm in the biggest stadium in college baseball with the most fans, with the most electric fans, with some of the best guys in college baseball. Um, you know, like I, I'd never experienced some of that before. I wasn't able to go to all the big showcases during the summers or any of the big events during the fall because of football. And I was like, I was just unsure. You know, it was like one of those things where it's like you're just taking a step without knowing what's next. And yeah. I was I was completely bought into it. Yeah, and it's not that same for everybody because I'll tell you, our first LSU Tiger was Cade Beloso four almost four years ago now. And Ethan, he was scared to death. He, he told us, you know. And so everybody has a different mentality, a different uh, you know DNA about themselves. And that's why I like to ask that question. You know, you you come in with a different way, but obviously you're not scared. But you know, you said you come in to win. And, you know, obviously we know what's going to happen, but let's get into what happens before. You know, you played in 19 games, you know, obviously limited playing time, but it's all about what you learn in that first year. You know, some guys richer, some guys get limited playing time, you know, some guys play a lot. But for you, in 19 games of playing experience, what were you able to take from your freshman year to make you a better baseball player for the future? Um, I might sound crazy saying this, but I learned more when I wasn't playing than I than when I was playing. Um, I mean, and, you know, there's always that kid that walks in, but everyone was the best kid on their, their high school baseball team. Like, that's a given. And, I mean, at first I was, like, upset, you know, like, oh, I'm not playing. Like, what's going – like, what do I need to do different? But then, like, when I stepped back and looked at it, I mean, we had the number one and two pick on our team. I was, like, instead of being upset about how I'm not playing or my situation – I mean, like, I can learn something every day from these guys, whether it was Paul, whether it was Dylan or Joe Bear or Dugas or Beloso. And I just kept thinking about it that way. And, I mean, like, those guys gave me so many talents or, you know, keys I can take away from on the baseball field or off the baseball field or how I handle myself, what I need to think about, what how I need to go about what I need to go about. 
And that was like, that was the biggest thing for me. And like, even when I see him, you know, like it, I st it still reminds me of those moments. And Daniel, he says we'll think he's crazy, but man, based upon what we've gotten, we've, we've interviewed almost 300 college baseball players. Would you not almost say like every guy should like redshirt their freshman year because they have said exactly what Ethan said. They learned a lot more just watching the game, taking it all in, joining in the weight room program, all the things that come with college baseball, right? Yeah, I mean, the the harsh reality is you, you can't afford to step back because everyone's continuing to move forward. COVID, you know, allowed everybody at the same time to take a step back mm -hmm. um you know unfortunately when you redshirt like you get to practice unless it's a medical you, you get to practice you get to do certain things with the team so you can kind of stay up to speed um but yeah like being able to slow the game down and just just observe and especially observe just not not jabronis out there but like high elite level players like you were mentioning um, that makes a big difference. It really does. And, and I think, Daniel, when we talk about this, and Ethan, you know, to tell you, most people are surprised that I never played baseball in my life with how much knowledge I have and what I put out there. And the reason it's relevant to what we're talking about is, Daniel, what is it? Watching, watching, watching constantly. I'm watching at the high school level. I'm watching at the college level. I'm watching at the pro level. And when you slow it down and you break it down, yes, I didn't play, but I'm able to see things and I'm able to understand things. And I think that's what these guys are getting to do, man. Ethan, elite player, coming in, watching, learning. And especially, this is what I wanted to get to. Ethan comes to the deepest and best catching core in college baseball. It's not even debatable. No one better bring it to me after they hear this episode, okay? He's got three guys with him that are elite level. So I ask you, Ethan, when you come in and you have Neil – you have Malazzo, and you obviously have a Travinsky with you. You know, what is it like learning from them, working with them every single day? Um, I mean, it, in my opinion, it was great. You know, like I had a lot of guys who had a lot better opportunities than I did growing up and what was like around you. So like the way I just went about it is like, what can I take from these guys every day? Like, even if it's 1%, like that's one of the things that Coach Johnson's huge on is like mastering the craft of 10,000 hours. Like you have to spend 10,000 hours on something to be a master of it. And that's just the way I thought about it is like, if I can get 1% better every day, sooner or later, I'm going to be at the top of the mountain. And that's just the way I've thought about it ever since I've gotten here. And I think it speaks to your loyalty. You know, talk about it, Daniel. You know, like most guys, all right, there's three other catchers in the program. I'm going to another school, right? Ethan says, I'm either going to try to find my way in wherever I can with the catcher, or he even got to play some in the outfield, or I'm going to DH, right? Like, it speaks volumes to what he wants to do. He says, basically, I'll help LSU any way I can. It doesn't even have to be the catcher position, right? Yeah. Um, but also, like, the coaching, the development, the draftability, like, all of those things playing with a program like LSU, and, oh, yeah, don't forget, you get the opportunity everywhere, every year to compete for a national championship. Like, mm -hmm. all of that matters. 100%. So, you guys end up hosting a regionals and a super regionals. You know, it hits different than your regular season environment. Talk about it. You know, you, you may have went there as, you know, as a fan growing up, watching on TV. What was it like being there as a player, being in that environment at Alex Fox? I mean, it was it was unreal, you know, like 
you're walking down the tunnel, go to the dugout on the field, and you hear every fan. You hear them stomping on the ground. You hear you like you feel like you're shaking, and that was that was massive for me. It was like this is like something I want to play in front of every day, because I mean sooner or later it's going to be forty thousand. So if I can play in front of fifteen, you know, fifteen, sixteen thousand now, like that's just going to do nothing but prepare me. You heard you heard it. He said Daniel. He was talking about the capacity. Alex Box, you know it already. We need more seats. We need grills in left field like Mississippi State. There's no reason why we should be out being outdone by the state of Mississippi because they're doing it in Oxford even. It's not as great as Mississippi State, but nonetheless, we need more seats. We need grills. We need the works. We are seven-time champions. It's on y'all, but that's not what the show's about. I just had to throw that out there. But with, with that being said, you've done it seven times with no grills. <laughs> <laughs> but bro, I'm just trying to tell you, I have all right. I hang out with Hot Rod more than anybody. And, man, grilling in the parking lot is getting old, man. I want to do it in the stadium like they do in the left field lounge is all I'm saying. That ain't the only thing I'll be doing in the parking lot. So relax. Like, oh, and <laughs> I, ju- I actually just told Ethan's mom, normally I've never drank on an episode, but here I am because yeah, so it just matches. It fits the LSU tailgate atmosphere. But, you know, not getting on a tangent. Winning a national championship, you talked about it, Ethan. That's why you went to LSU. You go to Omaha, which is every kid's dream, and you win a national championship. Did you actually expect going into your freshman season that this would really happen? Um, honestly, no. Uh, but I mean, after the fall and the spring, like just stepping back, it was like we have the talent to do it. And I mean, with Coach Johnson, I mean, he's the best coach in college baseball. You you can't convince me otherwise. I mean, he's the best developing coach probably ever. And that's something that's like that was huge for us last year, this year, and every team Jay Johnson's gonna coach. And I mean, around when SEC opened, it was like, okay, like we've got a chance. And then we ran into the rough rough part right around SEC tournament and then we had a serious team meeting and it was just from then on we were like, We're we're in, like go it like we're gonna win it. There's no other option. It's he, he he first knew that they were going to win a national championship the first time he was in the bullpen and Paul Skeens toes the rubber and then Ty Floyd toes the rubber and then Nate Ackenhausen toes the rubber and he's like oh okay this this is what this is what you, we're throwing out you know, there it's every crazy day. you throw that list out there Daniel you know we we talk about the guests we've on this show but when you just talk about LSU royalty it's crazy man and they've been multi time guests you know. Ty and Paul come on for pros and Joe's too. Um, you know, feel blessed, man. When we talk about what we've done on the show and especially LSU, to have those guys come on both preseason before last year and then come on afterwards to talk about it. And I'm hoping we do the same thing with Ethan. Obviously, he wasn't before the season. We got him two weeks into the season. But, man, the goal is to have Ethan on afterward. And let's let's do this again. Let's talk about how we did it before and after. And, you know, so getting into that, I go watch you guys this fall, Ethan. You know, you looked great. The whole team looked great. Everybody had question marks. So many guys leaving. But you did hit the transfer portal well. But I wasn't even focused on that as much as the guys like you that were returning. So you have a great fall, man. How did you feel coming into this season? I mean, I, I felt great. Like, I felt I felt like I was prepared. And that's, like, one thing Coach Johnson's huge about is, like, preparation. Preparation can be either be your best friend or your worst enemy. I mean, once you step in the, once you step in the box for a game, I mean, I'm not thinking about my how I swing or my mechanics. It's how I'm prepared to be there. 
And that was just, I felt great. I felt like I prepared enough, you know, even after the spring when we played a couple of our squads, I felt like I was ready to go and just kind of do whatever the team asked me to do. Yeah, and, you know, you talk about asking what you do. You're obviously fighting for DH position. You will get anywhere on the field. Catcher is probably going to be really hard to get into. It was actually funny. Your mom posted for National Catcher's Day. She posted a picture of you. And, you know, we talked about it in this episode, but in real time when she posted it, you sometimes forget that Ethan Fry's a catcher, right? Because there's so many catchers at LSU, you don't see you there. But, you know, ultimately I think, you know, next season it might be a thing that's going to be a regular thing for you. But right now you've been getting your spots in wherever you can and thriving when you've gotten those opportunities. So as far as how you've done so far this season, man, how have you felt, you know, coming off the ball, then actually doing it in game, you know, had some success. How are you feeling about that? Uh, I mean, it feels great. You know, we spent a lot of time in the fall working even before and after practice, you know, and I mean, the fall is a test of like what your character is and who you really are. Cause I mean, it's the fall is no joke. And that's, that's like one thing that I really enjoy is like that. It's not easy. Cause I feel like that helps build character. But I mean, now that we're in the middle of the season, I like it, it's almost rewarding, but then it's like, we still can't just be worried about the rewards and how we've done so far. Cause I mean, we have 50 more games to play. And like, that's one thing coach Johnson is always talking about is like, it's a 50 something game playoff, you know, like every day you're fighting for your chance to keep playing. And that's just, that's one way, like I keep thinking about it. And like, even if I have a bad day yesterday, I'm, I'm worried about today. Yeah, no, you got to have a short memory when it comes to baseball, but Daniel, let me tell you, these cats from Stony Brook, they beat LSU, which I thought was a good thing, man. If you look at, we talked about it, Daniel, every team in the top 10 at this point basically is taking a loss. Right. And I told you when LSU lost, it was good because everybody else had lost before them. I said, sometimes you need that. This is a humbling sport. But, you know, Stony Brook didn't just beat LSU. They decided they were going to do a get-the-gap video, Daniel, which you don't poke the bear. You you just no. don't, Daniel. And these these dudes, they come out and beat the hell out of them. You got Tommy White right in the first inning, Daniel, clowning, doing the get-the-gap. You got Bear Jones. You got Ethan. You got everybody. Ethan, man, I mean – the last thing they want to do is give LSU bulletin board material. Talk about how they did that, and then y'all just went out there and put it on them. I mean, all I gotta say is Carmen goes and comes around quick. I mean, if you, I mean, if you gotta at least act like you've been there before. You know, it's like we're so old playing baseball. You win and you lose. Like it's just how it is. But I mean, the last thing you gotta do is try to celebrate after one win. You know, and I feel like that's. I mean, as soon as we saw it, it was like all oh, these guys are done for. Like they, they. They're gonna to want to wish they left early before they play us. Yeah, that's every. I think everyone knows you're you're going to lose games in a baseball season that to teams that you shouldn't lose to. It's just it's part of the game, and you're gonna you're gonna win some that you probably didn't play well enough to win, and you're gonna figure out a way to do it, and you're gonna lose some that you know you're gonna get hammered, and it's just a bad game all around, but. You're going to win many ways. You're going to lose many ways. You're going to win to all kinds of teams, and you're going to lose to all kinds of teams. But it's how those teams or you respond to winning and losing that really is what makes the difference, you know, especially you get a Stony Brook coming in there acting a damn fool like they, you know, like they won the World Series. But the reality is, man, is that you know, Ethan, probably as well as I do, when, when you win it, you are the target. So you are everybody's World Series, especially these midweek games and especially these non-conference opponents that are, are coming to the box. Like, 
they're coming with a little chip with a little fire. So, but Daniel, you got to play them again. You don't, you don't piss them off. Do it after you leave. You got to play them again. Don't, don't piss them off. I mean, it's, it's, I think that's what makes baseball fun. I mean, yeah. But they deleted was, it. Was it incredibly? They deleted, hold on, hold on, Daniel. They deleted it. As soon as we finished that game, we went back to the locker room to look, and it already been deleted. <laughs> That's cowardice, man. No, leave it up there. You did it. Everybody knows it. Yeah. Daniel, here's here's the thing. When when we look at those games that all the top teams have lost, they all lost to a massively inferior opponent. It's going to happen. We talk about it nonstop. You can't talk about it enough. Baseball is a humbling game, and anybody can win on any given day. You have a bad day, they have a good day. I mean, you look at Stony Brook, that team has got no business beating LSU, but it happened. You look at James Madison, they got no business beating Arkansas. You can go down the list. It just happens. Wake Forest, man. I was like, what the hell? And so it needs to happen. Um, I was glad it happened to LSU. It's a wake-up call. It says, hey, man, you're not invincible. But, you know, ultimately, y'all got to get ready for what's on deck. And and I tell you, Ethan, man, y'all played a lot of series this this start of this year that haven't been, hey, you play a three-game set with teams. You've played multiple teams in multiple weekends, and it's no different. You start with a midweek at Rice, but then you got Texas, ULL, and Texas State. Obviously, you got Lafayette, who loves to try to do anything they can to beat y'all. They want superiority in the state. You got Texas, who I think is kind of a rivalry. You look at last week, they did a midweek with y'all. You were there. Um, sellout crowd, massive. And then Texas State, who's a great team. So, you know, you got to get yourself focused, man. Talk about how important this four-game stretch is where, man, you're playing four different teams, you know, um, all across that area. And, man, it's it's really a good test. Um, I mean, back to what Coach Johnson teaches us, you know, it's like uh, you're, you're playing a faceless opponent. You know, it doesn't really matter who you're playing. You're just showing up to play baseball. Like, we're facing the ball, you know, not – Texas or UL or Texas Tech or Louisiana Tech or any team in the country. It's like every day we're showing the way the same game we've been playing. Yeah, no doubt. So this is the last question I got for you, man, and I'll let Daniel play a game of this or that. You know, you've played very well to start the season. I think the team, man, they're starting to come around hitting. It was a big question mark. You know, y'all lost so many guys in the batting order, and there's a, you know, it. you can't deny it, right? You talk about Dylan Cruz and Dugas and Joe Bear and Beloso, and you you go on all day. But, man, I really feel like guys like you and obviously Bear Jones is hitting it. And, you know, obviously you got leaders, right, like uh, Travinsky and Pearson. I really feel like this lineup is really starting to find their footing, man. How do you feel about where this lineup is, you know, going forward? I mean, I feel great about it. Every every game we play, you know, it's, it's coming true to, like, finding out our identity. I identity because I mean we're not the same identity as we were last year you know I mean like you just said we we don't have the same guys in the lineup so we kind of got to start to piece some of the things together again and try to find out who we are as a team and where we all kind of fit in and I feel like that's just like one thing that's going to come as more games we play is some guys are going to start finding out what they need to do to help the team win and I mean at the end of the day that's that's almost all that matters is uh what someone can do to try to help the guys win every day well you you talked about finding you know your identity as a team, Ethan, it's time to find your identity off the field. So we're going to move into our game, this or that. It's very simple. You don't have an option of whether you're playing or not. You're going to play. 
because everyone plays. All right. All right. So here's I mean, I guess I'll play. Yeah, yeah, you're going to play, bro. You got this. So the rules are simple. I give you two options. You choose one option or the other. Can't say both. Can't say neither. It's very easy, very simple. Think you can do it? I, I think so. I think so. I think we're confident in this. All right, Jim, this or that. Who's it brought to you by? Canucks Cedary, eight flavors, model wild. But, you know, my son was making some graphics this weekend. I sent it to you. I don't know if it's eight flavors or 37 flavors at this point. I mean, we we are changing the, the seed game. Eight flavors have turned into 600 very quickly. Um, and tonight is no exception. Ethan, I'm, I've been doing a taste test of all the seeds. I've done all eight flavors individually. Now I'm on to mixing and matching seeds to see if I can get a new flavor profile, a new flavor combo that just sweeps across the nation. And Daniel, I'll tell you, the smoking toast, you gave it a 9 0. You know, everyone that I've asked has, I think maybe one person wasn't feeling it the way you were. I think the other like seven, I think you gave it a solid rating and I think you started something. I think Chinook at some point, I don't know if they put it in the same bag, that they're good just selling it individually, but I almost feel like you have to do it because I feel like smoking toast needs to be on the bag. And I almost feel like you need to have a baseball player on there. I mean, an Ethan Fry of, of sorts, you know what I mean? Maybe maybe a two-player bag, you know, since Ooh. it's smoke and toast, you get a pitcher, and then somebody who's hitting dingers. Oh. Let's go. Good idea. I've oh. actually never had those seeds before. We've been out oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Buddy. They're in the LSU Buddy. dugout. How have you not? I don't know. I'm okay. not a big seeds guy while I play. Are you going to learn tonight, Ethan? No, hold on, Daniel. I'm calling out specific players, and I'm, then I'm going to send them this link. Griffin Herring, Gavin Gidger, you're a freaking trouble with me man i've sent y'all boxes on boxes and you ain't gave this man no seats wait till i get to the box all wow. right not sharing well tonight the two flavors that we're working with we we went through smokehouse barbecue with all the flavors and now we're on to hatch chile hatch chile and i learned something today daniel What's up? Bucky Bucky's carries every flavor flavor, but has chalet. Bomb went to a Bucky, sent me a picture, said, What's up with that? Anyway, I don't What's know up? what Bucky's is doing, but they're they're slacking on the hatch. So tonight we got hatch chile and we got parmesan and pepper. So mm. a little a little spicy combo, a little, a little what I like. I mean, I like a little kick to mine. So we go three seeds of each. And Jim, you can talk a little bit about where you're at, what we got going on while I, I uh, give this the initial taste. I'm muted, man. Sorry. Loud, loud noise. It turned out. Yeah. Chinook Cedar with what we got going on, man. The ambassadors, Daniel, that we're setting up, I obviously mentioned Griffin and Gavin, but given college athletes, the opportunity through NIL, man, to get the best seeds to fans, to get the best seeds, eight flavors, amount of wildlife we talked about, but also put money in the players' pockets. It's the best thing you can do. I tell you, my son was passing them out around Globe Life Field. They were a hit, Daniel, man. He said, they're free. People were still trying to pay them. That's how good they were. He's like, no, I don't take money. They're free. You know, so I'm not going to lie to anybody on this podcast. My son was, was stuffing some fives in the pockets. You know what I mean? <laughs> Can't blame him, man, huh? No, you got to hustle. <laughs> initial, initial reactions. The flavor 
is pungent. It hits you. As soon as you throw it in, you, you get a, a nice hit. It doesn't take a little bit. You don't have to let it settle in. Boom. And I like that with my seeds. As soon as I like, as soon as I it hits the mouth, I want to feel it. And um, you initially get the parmesan, big time, big time. I love that. Big fan of the parmesan. And then you start getting the little tinge of pepper and a little hatch chile. I like it. This is this is a sneaky good combo right here. Um, I'm gonna give it a. Uh, I'm gonna give it an eight eight. Ooh. Eight eight. This is this is the second best rated seed combo that we've had all season. Eight eight. Big fan. So the great thing about these combos is that you, Ethan, get to choose what we call it. So oh. I I've come up with three candidates that I think might be good for this combo. And remember, like when I come up with these combos, I'm looking at the name, I'm looking at what I think it might taste like, and then I'm throwing them out there. But if you think of something different on the spot, let me know. We, we'll, we'll put it into consideration. But so I'm a big, you know, Italian mob movie guy, Sopranos kind of guy. So when I think about Parmesan pepper and then some hatch chili, I think, oh, like a, like a big sweaty Italian mobster. <laughs> that's what comes to mind. So, um, the the first name I got is the sausage and peppers, because you know you get a little Italian sausage, uh -huh. got a little spice to it. They're gonna throw a little parm, a little garlic in there. All right, mix it all up. That's kind of what I was thinking with this. The next one is the you know just a, a, a t Italian staple word, the gabagool. That, gabagool. So then the last one is just just a classic, the soprano. Um, you know, obviously I was thinking like the Godfather or, you know, stuff like that, but I, I narrowed it down to those three, the sausage and peppers, the gabagool and the soprano. So I'll ask you, Ethan, of those three, is there one that you're leaning towards that you like the most, or is there something totally different that you would like to call this? Uh, it's between sopranos and the gabagool. Uh, right. I'm thinking sopranos. That's, that's kind of my, like. When you said it last, I was like, "All right, that's that's something I want to hear." But uh, I feel like sausage and peppers is out. You gotta just cross it out now. You know, it's... All right. no sausage and peppers. I'm good with that because I I like the other two. I like the gabagool and the soprano the the best. I will yeah. agree with you. So, gotta narrow it down uh, more. What's it gonna be? I'm thinking sopranos. All right, there it is, everybody. You throw hatch chile, parmesan, and pepper. Throw it in, mix it up, and you get the Sopranos right there. Ethan, great job, man. Now we can play our game. Now the bills have been paid. We, we've, we've done our thing. Now we can move on to our game. So, Good thing you paid the bills, man. I'm going broke. Oh, all right. First question. Chicken, beef, or steak tacos? Steak tacos. Every day. Yeah, I mean that's that's the the only answer. Anytime you have a little carne asada action, everybody's gonna go with that for sure. I'm a red meat type of guy. No, oh, definitely. Um, so the next question. This is a question that is just taken over, and I thought this was just the silliest question, but boy was I wrong. Everyone loves this question. Which one is your go-to, liquid soap or bar soap? 
There was there was a time in my life I was a bar soap, but I'm I'm more liquid soap now. I just I don't I don't like the idea of the bar soap. I feel like it's leaving all my dirty, all the dirt in my body on the bar, and I'm just not a fan of that. It's interesting that you would feel that way because liquid soap only cleans about fifty percent of the body. Do you know that? I didn't know that. I'm, I'm lying. I'm, li I'm lying, but I get everybody. I was about to say. Me. I was about to say. That. I don't think that makes sense. Bro, hey, Daniel, I did that to Carlin Pickens from Tennessee softball. Man, she seemed floored by it. And then I was like, I'm just kidding. And she was like, oh, thank God I was going to start using bar soap. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of questioning what you were saying about bar soap, though, Ethan, is you get your germs and your funk all over the bar, but it's soap. It's self how is that? How is that possible? Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know. So cleanse way. the germs. So no matter what, like it's supposed to be clean, right? The, the only good argument I heard, Daniel, was when you share soap with another individual. So they're putting it on their body, and so are you. That's the only argument that I can I yeah, can agree with people. But it's soap. It's clean. Like, it's but it cleanse. it is still weird. It depends. Like if it's you know it's your wife, it's one thing. But like if it's your roommate, like so Ethan's staying with the boys. Like I don't know that I want to. I don't care how good it. You know, I'm not. If I had a bar of soap, I'm not sharing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I see I'm what I'm not saying? sharing. He's like, hey, Alex Malazzo, man, your soap, I ain't doing it. It's better break it in half, Alex. All right, purple uniforms or gold uniforms? This is this is a, this is a little bit of a harder one. Um, probably gold. I like I like the idea behind it. I like so, the, the so Ethan. Here was the it. interesting thing last year because gold is always the better, in my opinion. But purple meant Paul Skeens, right? And that was the interesting thing, right? Like, it was last year, was it like purple as well? You know, because it was Paul, that meant like that was the uniform you wanted to be in? Nah, I really didn't even think about it that way, to be honest. I never thought about it that way. Shoot, I, I, I would. Like, <laughs> I, like, I like the purple. I feel like the purple is like my favorite color. But, I mean, when we got to Omaha, there was a point where we just kept wearing gold. Because, I mean, there was like – we didn't lose in it in the history behind it. It's just it's, – it's called championship goals for a reason. I mean that, you, that says enough about it. What if what if there was a championship black with purple and gold? Mm, some some of us have been talking about that. Like, can we get a black jersey? But it's like, I don't think we could. I don't think you can. And I had Daniel put that in there for a reason because I think black would look spectacular. All teams that do the black for the most part look good, but the LSU loyalists, the old school people, would literally revoke all their money that they invest mm -hmm. if y'all went away from the traditional colors. I think Louisiana would have a crisis of shutdown. You you would. It'd, it'd, be, be, it'd be COVID all over again. <laughs> That's just silly. No, Daniel, they hey, it's it's the reason why Mississippi State went away from the all blacks, man. When you have baseball purists, they do not want black as one of their uniforms, man. Man. I think it looks sick to be honest. It does. Look, EC, ECU is our colors, right? ECU has that black uniform, and it looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. Maybe one day. Would you rather go to a costume party or a pool party? Pool party. I love swimming. I love being in the water. Daniel, speaking of, I found the costume party picture of the Wake Forest guys as Teletubbies. It's, it's terrible. They better hope they win a national championship to clear their name. Because of course it's terrible. It's the no excuse for four four young men dressing as that. I just can't clear it. It's kind of clever. You got to be honest. No, it's not. It's, Chase Burns can throw a hundred all day. You can't wear the purple Teletubby. Yeah, but when you dress up for a costume party, ain't no one take it serious. 
I mean, that's, that's the funny part about it. So what are, you, what, are you being, what are you being? I'm not you're saying going, I condone it. All right, costume, par- costume party tomorrow, Ethan. What are you? I, I don't know. I dressed up <laughs> as Joe Dirt a couple years ago. Joe Dirt. <laughs> that's classic, though. That's why yeah, everybody but... names you Joe Dirt. All right. Oh. <laughs> who, hits, who hits better bombs? Braden Jobert or Cade Beloso? Mm. Beloso. Cade Man, Jobert that's it. I am tired of the disrespect. So far, all LSU guys, none of them picked my favorite player ever, Braden Jobert, who has the sweetest swing to win anything. That's that's why it was a tough. That was why it was a tough choice. I love Joe Bear's swing. I don't know. What about Dylan Cruz or Tommy White? Dylan. All right. What about? I feel like, I feel like all of his hits are just. It's like it's like watching the same thing over and over again. It's beautiful. What about Cade or Dylan? Dylan. Easy. Is there's a little bit of a second thought with the lefty swing, but I mean, I gotta tell you boys something funny. So when you have headphones on, this place was so loud, and then they did some sort of a speech thing, and all of a sudden I got told over that I needed to be quiet, and I'm like, took my headphones off, and it's like, what happened? This place went from like madness to like quiet, and so during a speech, like I'm losing it over Joe Bombs. <laughs> Dang. See, you're going to get kicked out of there. No, because Joe Bombs should be the best. He's got the King Griffey swing, I'm saying. Well, it seems like he's not very – he's not uh, pandering to his – you, Do you know because of Facebook memories – Facebook memories a year ago today, he hit two bombs in a game today. Just want to put that out there. That's good. That was a round rock, huh? Mm-hmm. I remember that game. Daniel, all right, you know what? I take it back. He just brought me a shot and apologizes for getting on to me. Shout out to old Dominic. <laughs> old Dominic Distiller giving Jim shots and beers. Bad idea. Shout out to shout out to Uber who's taking me home. There you go. <laughs> Always, you know, we don't we don't condone underage drinking and we only want you to drink responsibly. So make sure. You call up your Uber, you call up your Lyft, you call up your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whoever. Go pick you up. Don't get behind the wheel. Lost in a jungle or trapped in a haunted house? Lost in a jungle. I know I can find my way out at least. Daniel, Daniel, did you listen to the Carlin Pickens episode yet? Yes. And Finally, she was smart and said, bring me to the haunted house. I ain't yeah. trying to be in that jungle. Nope. There's too many things that hunt at night in the jungle. I spent too many hours in the woods. Like it's it's just Ethan, Mike the Tiger is not in a cage there, bro. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like tell uh, see you you have the same mindset that a lot of guys do. They think just because they hunt in the woods that they can survive in the jungle. It ain't the same. That yeah. anaconda, bro, that tiger, I ain't want none of it. The gorilla, whatever. Oh, I'm good. Uh, Look, hey, let me tell you guys mindset. something. Let me tell you guys something. I went and cover in Arlington this weekend. I went to the uh, the Wax Museum and the Ripley's Believe It or Not with my son. I went into the horror park. I will say this. This is like a plug that they didn't pay us for. Daniel, any haunted house I've been to does not match Ripley's Believe It or Not haunted section. I went through it. My son ran out of it 10 seconds in. Um, I'm a terrible parent for even giving him 10 seconds of it. 
Um, but I went into it, man, it sent shivers up my spine, and I jumped about five times. It was the most legit. And maybe because it's stationary, Daniel, right? Because, you know, most haunted houses move in, move out. You can only do so much. This is put in place. But, bro, the conjuring section and the music box and everything, bro, it was it was legit. It, I mean, I, I felt the goosebumps. We used to we used to have haunted trails back where I, back in Rose Pine. It'd be like you're lost in the woods and you're in a haunted house. It was fire. I knew Ethan was a uh, werewolf dude. I knew it. Haunted oh, trails, easy now. What would you rather have, private yacht or private jet? Private yacht. Oh wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, no. hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm going private jet. Time hey. is money. Time For is real, money. and you no. can go anywhere. Anywhere, yeah, anywhere. Time is the, money. The water, the water is where to be. What are you doing? You had the right. Time is there. money. Time is money. You got to get places. We got to do stuff. We got to. We got see see folks do things. We're we're busy. We need. I don't have to go sit in seat thirty four B on a public plane <laughs> if I'm a jet. That's right. He can lay down in seat A one. Well, uh-huh. see, I don't fly to anywhere. I drive to everywhere, so it don't even matter. When I go to Baton Rouge, I ain't flying. I'm driving. Time make money for you then. That's right. Time is right. money. Do you know how much I get done while I'm driving to Baton I'll, you know what, Ethan, I got a deal for you. That's the most. No, no, no. Time out. Friday, you've ever time seen. out. Time out. Friday, I'm driving to Baton Rouge to cover top five battle between LSU and Alabama gymnastics. Ethan, I got a deal for you. While I'm driving, I'm challenging myself. Daniel, are you down for this challenge? I no. get. Three, I'll get three NIL deals done while driving. You want to bet me? That's just not safe. You it's don't want not. three NIL deals? I do, I mean, but I, no, not I you. don't him. want them more than your safety. I, I multitask. I'm elite. Oh, come on. In, anyways, last question, Ethan. This is the, the money question. All right. Would you rather be the number one overall pick in the draft or would you rather win a national championship? So I'll, 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 I'll give you the scenario. I walk in. And you're seated, and I sit down at, at, at the desk, and I slide in front of you a briefcase full of crisp, minty $100 bills to the sum of $10 million. And I say, Ethan, you can have this, or under this curtain, boom, is a national championship. Nice ring, the whole plaque, it all. Which one are you taking? I mean, what kind of, what kind of question is that? That's, I mean, it's it's – Honestly, it's it's a good question because most people say national championship, but if you've already have a national championship, I'm curious to know what the answer would be. I'm going national championship again. Some yeah. guys only have one, but they don't have two. That's very or true. three. That's the best. Hey, I'm on I'm very on true. three championships in a row right now. I won back to back in high school, my junior senior year, won one last year. I'm trying to go for a fourth. Wow. I mean, four in a row would be fire. That would be fire. That'd be, that'd be legit. It's really hard, but you know what's crazy is you know how hard it is to win it all in baseball. You guys did it. It's it's extremely difficult. But if I had to guess anybody that could do it back to back and win it again, you guys, hands down, you got, mm-hmm. you got it. You've been there. You know what you know the drill. You're at a school where the expectations are high. And everyone's mindset is on the same thing, and that that makes a difference. So, Daniel, the thing is, man, Paul came on here and said, 
he'd keep the national championship and all the memories that came with it. He'd give the number one pick in the ten million dollars back. Being that we're talking to Ethan, he knows he knows Paul. I can't argue that anymore. I used to always say money, man. I can't do it anymore. But it was it was refreshing, Daniel. The Caroline came on here, dude. They are a top five team in softball. They are looking to win a national championship. And she said, I hope my teammates don't get mad at me, but give me the 10 million. Yeah. Hey, I'd take the money. That's just me. Ethan, anything you want to plug or promote before you get out of here, man? It's been a blast. No, I'm good. Daniel, I got something to plug or promote. My son just sent me the latest sunflower seeds. It is a lot of the titles. It's Jason Savakul from Maryland, right, Daniel? Yeah. Cool Ranch. It's pretty decent. It's pretty decent. He's eleven, man. Twelve, whatever. <laughs> it's funny. Would you? Hey, to... would you try them, Ethan? I would try. There you go. There you go. Well, here's, right. here's what I need from Ethan, man. They're coming to Mississippi State here soon. My son is a diehard Mississippi State fan. Ethan. I've actually let him off the hook. He lost a bet with me. He was supposed to wear gold. I'm going to let him off the hook. I'm going to let him wear maroon because I feel like they're just going to lose anyway, so it's the least I can do. But I need you, while I'm in the left field lounge, I want to catch the ball too, man. Hit me a tank that it just right to my hands. I'll try. Can't promise there anything. There you go. All right, if you want to know more about Ethan, you want to see what he's doing on a Monday, maybe he's recording a podcast, maybe it's – Carne Asado Taco Tuesday. You never know. Going over to Instagram at E-F-R-E-Y underscore 33. Or if you want to see what the LSU baseball squad is up to, you want to see hype videos, you want to see pitching rotations, you want to see highlights, box scores, you name it, at LSU baseball. Ethan, man, it's been a blast. We wish you a happy, healthy, successful season. And who knows, it might be another magical one where you guys – where you personally can have a fourth championship in a row. And mm-hmm. as an LSU baseball player, you can win back to back, man. It'd be sick. That Thank would be you. sick. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, if when that happens, we're gonna bring you back on and we're gonna we're gonna break it all down, man. <laughs> all right, yeah. sounds good. I'm calling him and our boy Griffin back. <laughs> do it. Do it. All right. If you like hearing Ethan's story or you just like hearing us average shows talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback, thumbs up, hearts, hugs, loves. We'll take it all. We got a busy, 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 busy week tomorrow. BYU Baseball with Gavin Taylor. On Wednesday, we are going live. Jim, you want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, so absolutely. Quintavious Burdett, our guest, Ole Miss track, Ole Miss football. He come on here. He's actually now my realtor. But, man, we love Survivor. We have college baseball Survivor. But who would have thought a guy that we had on this podcast is on season 46 of Survivor. And so he's having a watch party in South Haven, where I live, at 10th Inning Bar and Grill. So they're allowing me to go live to Daniel. We can not only talk about Quintavious and the show, but we can talk about college baseball Survivor, uh, Survivor and the 24 guests we have left. So what an awesome opportunity to plug Q plug what we got going on with our college baseball survivor and 10th inning bar and grill that's right and then we got jordan bowers interview oklahoma gymnast and then finally rounding out the the week on thursday we're talking kentucky baseball with grant smith this has been the in off the bench podcast as always remember strong body sharp minds grit and grind all the time we are out <laughs>